Hello, and thank you for joining me again for 2020 Blood, Sweat and Tears. This is the podcast where we talk all things 2020 with a different guest each week. In a year of huge personal change, I'm keen to understand the individual experiences of 2020, the personal, the professional, the upsides, the downsides, and all of the important issues that we've been thinking about. I'm interested in it all, and I hope that you will be too. Our guest today is Rupal Desai. Rupal was born and raised in North London. She studied maths at the University of Bristol and after graduation embarked on a training scheme with a London-based Big Four firm where she's worked for the past seven years. She qualified as an actuary in 2016 and last year spent a three-month secondment working in South Africa. While she works with numbers during the day, Rupal moonlights as a calligrapher. She set up her fledgling business, written by Rupal, earlier this year and runs this from the flat she shares in South East London with her other half, Ben. Having faced a number of obstacles this year, Rupal's resilience and pragmatic approach to both the professional and the personal is truly admirable. I'm really excited to speak to her about all of the changes she's made this year. In this episode of 2020 Blood, Sweat and Tears, we talk about wedding postponements, living through lockdown with your partner, millennial burnout and setting up a side hustle in 2020. Rupal, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So right now in England, we're in lockdown 2.0. We're coming to the end of it, soon to be back in the revamped tier system. So lockdown two, how have you spent the last month or so? I have spent the last month in Lewisham, in my flat, with Ben, my other half, recovering from a broken ankle and trying to get that sorted. Um, But it's kind of the same as the first lockdown, just working from home, enjoying the time at home where I can. It's quite nice to slow down a little bit this year. Just doing exactly what I was doing in the first one, but actually found it a little bit harder this time. Did you? Yeah, I was going to say, how was yeah. it compared to the first one? Um, I think I'm just a bit more tired, to be honest. So like at the beginning of the year, it was a bit of a novelty. Um, I'd had a bit of time off work before we went into lockdown, which meant I was refreshed. I could enjoy yeah. the novelty of it. Yeah. Whereas now, I think it's set in how annoying it is and how much your life has had to change. And it's I'm just too tired to deal with it as well. <laughs> I'm bored of it. While we were allowed out at the end of the summer is when I broke my ankle. So I was bed bound for a little while and couldn't really get out for the last bit of that freedom period. And then we went back into lockdown. So when I could start walking, I wasn't really allowed to be outside for that long. Um, which I think was the annoying thing. I was really looking forward to being up and about and being able to do things. And that wasn't allowed. But um yeah, it's it's fine, I think. Not too bad. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to normal at some point. Yeah, do you feel like do you feel like there's a kind of end in sight to this whole crazy year? Um sometimes I do and sometimes I really don't. Um I I'm actually monitoring it by who's cancelling their weddings <laughs> and that's that's how I feel good or bad about it. Um so earlier in the year probably in about July, August time, I felt quite good about it. Um, And then I think other people are responding now by postponing weddings that they'd planned for next year. 
and that's making me a bit nervous that other people aren't convinced it's going to be solved by then and so maybe I should also be worried um yeah. yeah I mean you've had a pretty peak 2020 experience I mean like you said you've broken your ankle which restricted you even more than all of the restrictions that we've kind of faced you were had your wedding planned for June July this year and you've postponed that to July next year I mean how how do you feel like that's impacted your whole experience of this year yeah it's been a really interesting year and quite challenging sometimes but I think fundamentally I've been quite lucky with it all I don't know anyone firsthand that's been affected badly by Covid which is really lucky um and yeah postponing a wedding it's a shame but I think for both of us it became really clear that it's not the end of the world like it's just a wedding our lives are kind of the same as it would have been if we'd have had the wedding um so it's not something that I think we were too down about there's obviously a few times when we just wish we'd just done it and it was done with and we would be married and could get on with the rest of our lives um but we were very lucky in that all of our plans just got picked up and put down to a similar time next year yeah um now's the point where I'm starting to get nervous about postponing again (laughs) we're just trying not to think about it at the moment though there have been some really nice things that have come out of the year like I it's unheard of that you'd get to spend this much time with the other half and actually spend all day every day with them it's been really fun it's been really really fun so if anyone knows Ben they'll know boredom is not an option for him like (laughs) it just it's not a thing um so it's been a lot of fun and it's actually just been really nice to settle in to what would I would what I would consider to be married life um and we've kind of we now have our roles in the house we know what we're good at we know what we're not good at and what's your role and what's his role um Ben is chief of fun (laughs) um my role is (laughs) I would say my role is like household management he's the person that gets us out the house if I was left to my own devices I would not have been using my hour a day to get out for a walk he does get you out of the house into the park where you he makes you play football games which in turn break your ankle yeah so that was that's actually a really good point because for like probably about two months maybe a bit under that I wasn't able to do any of that stuff that I just said so he became household manager Mm. he did everything I, I assumed I would come out of the hospital post-surgery and just go to my mum and dad's because, you know, they know how to look after me. Yeah, need a bit of looking after. And we didn't do that. And Ben did it all, absolutely everything, which I was amazed by. Like, I I actually probably didn't give him enough credit. <laughs> I didn't think he would be able to do it so well, but he really did. He cooked, he cleaned. He had to do everything for me. So, like, yeah. if I, I mean, wanted it's water, worth, worth noting at this point, you literally were unable to move. Like, you yeah. were you had to lie down, leg elevated, pretty much the entire the entire time for weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, it was. He didn't complain once. I would try to put myself in his shoes, and if I was doing it for him, he would get the brunt of it by week three, I think. Mm. Um, he did my blood thinning injections for me because I couldn't give them oh. to myself. That was a big one. He enjoyed that, which is worrying. But... <laughs> enjoyed it a little bit too much, maybe. <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, he was really, really, really amazing over that period. 
our conversation this year, you have had quite a big change in your attitude to how you work, which kind of um, goes along with what a lot of people say about this year in terms of slowing down, making sure that they're kind of having a, a better work life balance and like focusing on the things that are important, like family and friends and kind of interests that are separate. So how have you kind of have you found the the change for yourself and and what you've been kind of focusing on this year instead? Yeah, um, it's been a really, really interesting year from a work perspective for me. So I started the year off work Um, at the end of last year. I basically burnt out and couldn't really do it anymore. Like it was I found it really hard to be at work and I was very stressed, very anxious. And so I took an extended period of time off work just to try and recuperate from that and build some resilience back up. Because mm. I think that was the thing. I just run out of resilience. Um, so from actually up till March, I was off work um, and just kind of, I wasn't locked down, but I was at home a lot, which is why yeah. the first lockdown didn't come as such a shock to me because I'd already spent a lot of time at home. Yeah. Um, then I started going back to work part-time and then built my hours back up until I was full-time. In fact, the first day I was supposed to go back into the office ended up being the first day of lockdown. So never went back into the office. That's crazy. Yeah. I actually found it a lot easier to transition back into work virtually. Um, and most of that is because I was nervous about going back and people noticing that I hadn't been there for a little while and asking questions I didn't really want to answer. And how do you think your kind of approach to your work in general has shifted this year? Before this year, I would say I was viewing success as being good at my job and being successful at work. Whereas at the beginning of this year, I had a lot of time to actually just slow down, think about what is important to me and how I measure success. Like being successful at work is often in the eyes of a lot of your colleagues. It's not in the eyes of your family or your friends or people that you like really love and care about and I think that's the biggest change being an actuary isn't like my sole role in life I have I haven't put on this earth to be good at that um so it's it's actually been really nice to gain some perspective about other things I find important or that I value in life um and it's really little things like it's nothing revolutionary it's just I realised this year I actually really enjoy cooking. So one of my jobs is to cook every evening and it's important to me to make sure it's in like a nice, healthy meal. That's time that I want to carve out in my day to do that. Um, so it's nice to actually have some things that I want to be doing outside of work, which then forces me to say, well, I can't work late today because I've got this other thing that I need to do. I don't think just because I'm focusing more on my life I'm going to be terrible at my job I have time on my hands I've got freedom I can kind of focus on what I want to focus on I have that luxury and I was focusing a lot on something that I don't think I get as much satisfaction out of as I thought I did it's funny because I've spoken to so many people this year lots of friends and I would always look at them as well. They're doing really well. Like their jobs are going great. They look really happy. Like I'm really pleased for them. That's great. And 
the number of them that have been going through a similar thing has been ridiculous. I just, I don't know what it is about our generation, but I feel like it's not, a lot of people are finding it quite hard. Yeah, millennial burnout. It is. And part of me is like, are we just complaining for the sake of complaining? Are, like, we, are we just really are we just entitled? Snow, snowflakes, entitled snowflakes. Yeah, well, yeah, like part of me does think that. thing about the beginning of this year is everyone would say what's wrong and I'm like I don't know what to tell you like I, I literally don't have one thing that's wrong it's just a culmination of things and like I mentioned earlier just my resilience had just worn down that I just couldn't deal with it anymore and I would just burst into tears that was my natural reaction to things and it's yeah that, that there's not always something that's wrong some people are just finding it harder at times your whole attitude this year is honestly just incredible to me I I can't tell you how much I admire it's just amazing and on top of all of this you have started your own business written by RuPaul so tell me about that how did it start and just what are you up to this is the most terrifying thing that's come out this year Um, so at the beginning of the year, probably around February, I would say, um, I picked up a hobby. I had no hobbies before that. And everyone kept telling me to run and I didn't (laughs) run because I don't like running. I wanted to pick something I could sit down and do. Um, You tried yoga first, didn't you? I did do yoga and I really enjoyed that. And I haven't done it in a while because I tried to do it at home when we locked down and I couldn't focus because I live in a small flat so the only space there is to do it is in the living room which is also the dining room and the kitchen so I'd be trying to do morning yoga and then Ben comes out and he makes his porridge and he sits on the sofa watching me do yoga (laughs) eating his porridge and it's just it's not the same it's not the same as like a zen yoga class where they've got some like no whale music in the background it's like warm and cozy and it smells quite nice and there's like incense you know it's not (laughs) the same so that went away um but I'd been kind of wanting to pick up calligraphy for a few years so when I wasn't at work at the beginning of the year I just bought a book a pretty simple step-by-step guide to how to start calligraphy I think I actually started with like felt it lettering first because that seemed like a more accessible way to get into it um so I got some like kids supplies effectively and made a start and I just really enjoyed it because you just focus on it you're not looking at a screen it was really relaxing um and it was going quite well and I enjoyed it so I carried on branched out to different types of calligraphy so over the year I've kind of just tried to dip into lots of different things and types of calligraphy and then I'd been making stuff like birthday cards birthday presents just bits and bobs for friends and family Um, And everyone kept on saying, oh, you should start an Etsy account. You should start selling it. So I put it off for a very long time because I didn't use social media before now. Um, I didn't really know how to. I didn't really like the concept of it, like just opening yourself up for pure judgment. (laughs) That has always terrified me. I eventually pulled the finger out and set up an Instagram account, which is the extent of it at the moment. Um, And just yeah it's been it's 
going places, not quickly, but people are ordering things, which is nice. And I guess what I'm trying not to do is to compare myself to other people, other calligraphers that have obviously been doing it for years and like seem to be really successful and they're doing amazing. Um, I'm just trying to stay in my lane and just keep enjoying it. Yeah. There are days when I'm like, how am I going to grow it? Oh, you know, where's it going to go? What are my goals for next year? All this rubbish. And then the other half of me is like, no one is assessing you on this. Like, it doesn't matter. Having said that, what is your ultimate goal? I think my ultimate goal, probably two things. The first is I would like to be able to maybe go down to a four-day working week eventually and spend one day a week actually doing this stuff. So that's like a, a long-term goal. Um, short term, I just want to enjoy it. I want it to stay fun. Um, I, I'm a bit of a taskmaster. So as soon as something becomes a job, I will treat it like a job and I'll stop treating it like a hobby. Um, but that's what it is fundamentally. It's a hobby that I'm just seeing where things go with. Um, so as long as I keep enjoying it, I'll keep doing it. you're an actuary which is like the most like the most numbers based job that I can think of in my head obviously I don't really know what an actuary does (laughs) just to pop a fact check in here and because I know you're probably wondering too an actuary is someone who evaluates managers and advisors on business and financial risks and then you've got calligraphy which is like the most like beautiful creative thing and you're just doing both it's amazing yeah I mean I'm as surprised as anyone to be honest (laughs) Um, have you always been creative I don't remember I actually don't remember I I don't know I used to enjoy creative things as a kid like I I remember vividly my parents getting me that art attack that I used to watch art attack all the time and I remember waking my mum up really really early to make the giant pencil which involved like paper mache and (laughs) all sorts she, she did it. She Parents around up. the country must have been absolutely cursing Neil Buchanan. Like, why? Yeah. So I, that's the only thing, thing that I can think of when people ask me, we, are you creative? I think I was just, I've always been good at maths, right? So yeah. I just went down that route and focused on that. Um, Do you like draw or paint or anything? No, I'm, I'm not very good at that. Um, no. That's so interesting. Well, it gives hope to the rest of us that maybe we it can teach ourselves. You can, actually. Like, I've suggested it to quite a few people this year before I was taking it seriously, just because it helped me relax quite a lot and it was something a little bit different to do after work to, like, unwind. Um, and a lot of people have really enjoyed it. Like, you don't need to have neat handwriting to be able to do it well. You just need to learn how to do it. Um, so if anyone does want to learn about it, I really recommend it. Like, it's an inexpensive new thing to try out. Yeah. And you're so right. It doesn't involve a screen. I feel, because obviously a lot of what everyone has been doing this year is watching TV, like, um, FaceTiming their fr- like your friends and things like that, and you're on your computer all day working. And then it seems like at the end of the day, especially now it's dark, like like you said, the things that people are doing are running and watching TV. So it's such a nice alternative where, like you said, like, it completely focuses your mind and you do not have to look at a screen yeah and I think that's the miracle of this year for me is that 
I mean, I have watched a lot of television, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I've found something to do aside from that. So when you said, were you creative as a kid? I watched a lot of TV as a kid. <laughs> like I really enjoyed watching. <laughs> that was my hobby as a child. And I used to the extent that I used to get the TV guide that came in the newspaper and I'd go through the week's worth of TV and circle what I wanted to watch that week to make sure I was on time for the things I wanted to watch. Which is ridiculous, <laughs> that's, right? That's the, root, that's the roots of you being an actuary right there. If you could have made a spreadsheet at the time, you would have. Utterly ridiculous. And my pa- I'm like, what must my parents have thought of me at that age? Like, what is she doing? Um, but I think it would have been very easy for me to go and do that this year because I like to veg in front of the TV and I can sit there for a day on end, whereas Ben can't. He's yeah. been the person that would stop me doing that, actually, which has been good. You're perf- perfectly suited. Balance each other out. <laughs> There's still a, well, there will still hopefully be a wedding next year, so we've done something right. RuPaul, thank you so much for joining me and speaking about your experiences on 2020 Blood, Sweat and Tears. Oh no, thanks for having me, Is. And thank you for listening. You can find RuPaul's beautiful calligraphy by searching Written by RuPaul on Instagram. We'll be back again next week with another episode for All Things 2020. Speak to you then.